The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. I'm, I must say, I've never ever looked more forward to a chat with my colleague in Israel, <laughs> Rolene Marks, joining so me. Happy. Wow, Rolene. Um, yes, uh, welcome to the show again. Always fantastic chatting to you. But as I've said, uh, I've never looked so forward to, well, this, uh, not that I don't look forward to chatting to you before. It's just that so much is transpiring right now at the moment. Uh, well, also over the weekend, exactly as you predicted, the protests, what have you. Derry is now dismissed. Uh, let's start with that. Derry being fired. What now? And over 100,000 protests in Tel Aviv. All the updates, please, Laureline. Over to you. you. (laughs) You've got the stage. (laughs) What a couple of days it has been. So let's go back to yesterday, actually, and Arya Derry following the dramatic ruling of the Supreme Court last week that ruled that uh, 10 to 1 that he is not fit to, to be a, uh, a member of Knesset, uh, a minister in the government, and this is because of his previous uh, criminal convictions. And a lot of to and froing over the weekend, what would happen? Would he resign or would Prime Minister Netanyahu have to um, fire him, which essentially he did yesterday in the uh, weekly cabinet meeting. Derry was present. A lot of people thought it was uh, quite astounding that he had uh, the temerity to be present in the cabinet meeting. However, he was and Netanyahu announced with a heavy heart that uh, he uh, effectively immediately terminates him as a a minister. He will retain his uh, role as deputy prime minister. Now, this is an honorific. This is a title that basically comes with uh, no uh, no special job order or no special uh, titles. It's just an honorific. So before everybody panics, like most of us did yesterday, thinking, how could that possibly be? Mm-hmm. This is uh, essentially what it means. And also quite extraordinary is in a poll conducted of the Likud faction, this is the faction that Netanyahu is chairman of, 70% polled support uh, the ruling that Derry cannot be a minister. Right, wow. And he still retains, um, he's still the chair of Israel's Shah's party, correct? So that hasn't affected, right, so that hasn't affected anything there. It hasn't affected anything there. He still retains uh, the um, uh, the chairmanship of that. Interesting. It holds 11 of the coalition's 64 seats, so quite an influence still, wouldn't you say? And especially amongst the uh, the coalition partners, uh, be- because there is this very very heavy religious uh, leaning in that agreement. But I tell you, this issue of the Supreme Court is really a ricocheting. We're going to talk about the uh, the protests in a moment, but we've just had coming in from the president's office confirmation that he has spoken to opposition leader and also former Prime Minister Yair Lapid regarding judicial uh, reforms, Lapid has urged him to set up a presidential committee. So I'm going to read you the statement from President Herzog's office. He says, as part of the discussions held by the president in recent weeks in an attempt to avoid a historic constitutional crisis and to stop the rift in the nation, the president has also spoken with opposition leader uh, MK Yair Lapid. The president continues in his unending efforts with all 
relevant actors in the bid to create a wide-ranging, respectful dialogue in the hope of reaching a broad understanding. Now, uh, Lapid has put forward the proposal of a presidential committee of all parties because one of the big issues here is that the proposed sweeping Supreme Court overhaul comes from the coalition partners, not from everybody. Uh, and this is why we're seeing this tremendous chasm. Again, I want to stress, nobody is saying that the Supreme Court doesn't need reforms. It's a democratic institution. These institutions always look at uh, evolving uh, and reforms. However, these particular reforms that have been proposed uh, by Yariv Navi, the, the Justice Minister and part of the coalition, um, ignore huge concerns of the Israeli population and are seen as taking Israel down a road that will seriously uh, impair our vital democracy. And before anybody messages me and tells me I need to accept the um, election results, this issue is not about election results. This issue is about Israel's democratic values and the concerns are shared not just by the center and the left, the concerns are shared by many, including the center right. It's going to be interesting, Rolina. I don't think we've heard the last of this. Uh, I think this is just the beginning of something that's going to surface even more. But okay, perhaps we're going to discuss this tomorrow. We've still got quite a bit to get. I'm looking forward to hearing from you about this. Uh, what was it? A hundred thousand protests in Tel Aviv? A hundred thousand protesters Whoa. in Tel Aviv. Now, what was very interesting is uh, uh, there were some people from the anti-occupation mm. uh, group uh, there with Palestinian flags. They went to protest specifically the agenda item in the agreement of the coalition about uh, annexing certain parts of the West Bank. Now, the organizers felt that this was at odds with the primary message of the protest, which is to, to protest the right. Supreme Court overhauling. So, very interesting yeah. when you look at uh, how this is made up. But other protests in Haifa, Besheva, Herzliya, Jerusalem, and other cities across the country. Just earlier today, we, ha- we heard from two uh, former Bank of Israel governors warning that sweeping Supreme Court uh, reforms could impair and could hurt our economy. And a senior Bank of Israel official resigns. He says he's going to take part in what he calls the socio-political sphere. In other words, to join the protest movement because of a grave concern. So now we are hearing from our diplomatic corps, our defense corps, our uh, uh, legal fraternity. Now we're hearing from our financial uh, fraternity. It's really, really absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, you know, this was something I wanted to broach with you before, um, you know, like as you've alluded to, as you've suggested, that these protests would be used now as a platform, you know, like to further other agendas. Is that what you're picking up? I'm not picking that up. I think everybody's been very, very conscious to focus, okay. with the exception of, with the exception of a small group, most are being conscious to focus on the issue of the Supreme Court. In fact, we've heard from Benny Gutz, who is the chair of the National Unity Party. Mm-hmm. He says the protests seem to be working because we are starting to hear a softening, at least in English, of the rhetoric yes. coming from Prime Minister Netanyahu. 
Okay, so Rolene, yeah, as I say, wait and see. Let's see exactly how that's going to transpire over the next couple. I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about when we chat again tomorrow. So let's move on now to the Times of Israel, which has shared this three-part series on what's called a heart-wrenching situation for Gazans under Hamas. What is this all about? Well, this is just extraordinary. You know, uh, over time, many of us have wondered, uh, you know, what are the people in Gaza thinking? They live under uh, really, really harrowing circumstances uh, with uh, Hamas and a growing humanitarian crisis. What are they thinking? What what are they feeling and observing? And the Times of Israel has published Mm -hmm. two in a three-part series sponsored by the Center for Peace Commission, which is a New York-based non-profit, which using animation and, of course, anonymity, uh, shares the opinions coming from the people of Gaza. And it's absolutely heart-wrenching. They speak of nepotism. They speak of being absolutely terrified to express themselves for fear of members of their families disappearing, of torture. They do not want war. They uh, recognize the incitement of Hamas, but also speak about uh, what happens to them if they dare go against the accepted uh, rhetoric inside the Gaza Strip. Uh, and they also speak of just wanting normal lives, normal dreams and aspirations, and how that is absolutely impossible in a Hamas-governed uh, Gaza Strip. Rolene, where will we find these uh, in these uh, animated video interviews? Where, where, where can one find them? The Times... Timesofisrael.com. So if you Google Times oh, so of it's Israel. Only, it's only on Times, the Times of Israel. It's only there. It's only there. You will see uh, it's highlighted in, in red in the middle of the, the webpage. It says Whispered in Gaza. Okay. So the, the series is called Whispered in Gaza. So, and how has it, how's it been received overall? What reaction has there been? Has there been any talk about it? I think people are just heartbreak broken. You know, when you read it, when you hear from uh, people in Gaza, uh, uh, we, we often wonder what they think and what they feel uh, 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 and, you know, what goes through their, their heads on a daily basis. And now we're getting a better understanding and it's, it's just absolutely heartbreaking. Rolin, I'm so sorry. We wanted to talk about Israel's ambassador to Canada resigning. Unfortunately, we don't have much time for that. Uh, perhaps you could unpack that uh, tomorrow. It would be make for a little interesting discussion i couldn't i didn't realize now how fast time had gone but uh, uh thank you again Rolene, for your feedback on everything that's been going on in the holy land and uh, yeah always great chatting to you and certainly a lot going on i'm sure there'll be a lot more to chat about when we uh, meet again tomorrow at the same time Rolene marks uh, our israel correspondent joining us uh, from israel telling us the latest on what's happening in that part of the world